Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at Managing Editor, FightfulWrestling.com. It's that time. What time is it? Well, if you didn't watch the show last night, you probably didn't hear about it because I just decided to do this show for sure yesterday. It is the Fightful Completely Spontaneous and Unprepared 2018 Year-End Awards Show. I am joined by someone who will likely win no awards at all, Jeff Hawkins. Jeff, how are you? Perfect attendance, maybe, but that's about it. I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. I'm doing great. I am immersed in the Joshi scene, as, as I'm sure you've learned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Warren, how are you? Warren Hayes. Uh, the Man, look at my hair. I'm not winning any hair awards. You need some conditioner for that thing. What is wrong with it. you? It's messed up. I just put it down. I'm going to have to put it back up. But I'm, I'm going to kick it over to Warren. Warren, I'm a, how's it going? Hold on. I'm a bald man giving you hair tips. You should just tell me to shut up. Good no, I, see, I value other people's opinions. Okay. Well, you see, I I, th- I think that Jeff has has a, a point, point, you know, to, to to actually bring up the point about conditioner because he, you know, he's probably just looking at him uh, at you and saying, why doesn't this man with such beautiful flowing locks, why doesn't he take care of his hair better? I'd know what to do if exactly. I had that, right? Exactly. It's like when ugly men look at like beautiful women and go, man, I treat her so great. Yeah, it's, it's exactly like that. Well, fortunately, I fired everybody <laughs> on the site who has better hair than me, so I can win that award. Oh, Elias is gone? Elias <laughs> is gone. Anna's gone. Matt Riddle's gone. I mean, Melissa does not have better hair than me. But let, let's go ahead and get into this. Guys, so you all know, this is our year-end award show. That means absolutely nothing. As do every award show, unless they make awards. I'm still waiting on my sheety. I'm still waiting on this year's sheeties. Less more. Where you at, homeboy? I need you and Hugh Little on the case. But these are not going to be that serious. And I encourage people in the live chat to chime in with their awards, too. But this is basically a way to generate discussion. Some of these will be serious. Some of these won't be serious. But we'll take turns. And I want to start with Warren Hayes. Warren, you cover an eclectic uh, selection of content for Fightful Select, which just hit 100 subscribers. Uh, Because of that, Jimmy Van has to sing Stephanie McMahon's theme song on air. You cover NXT 205 Live, NXT UK. You did the G1. You did all kinds of stuff for us. Hit me with your first award and let's discuss. Well, since I'm starting off, I guess we'll start off with something, you know, just to warm us up. You know, maybe uh, something a little more on the serious side, perhaps. 
I would like to I would like to point out I would like to give the best two hundred five live match uh, of the year the best match of the year not only the match of the year but the best match of the year. <laughs> <laughs> not only the match of the year but the best match. the best one not, that's confusing best 205 live match or is best match best 205 live match of the year okay and i'd like to uh i don't think it's much of a surprise but i mean it, it, we really have to underscore it mustafa ali versus buddy murphy from the uh july 3rd uh edition of 205 live the new D, the no dq match that thing man was spectacular from top to bottom and this was still a few months after you know the after well after Enzo was fired after uh you know allegedly Triple H taking over and they decided to start focusing on wrestling truly providing a a a real real deal alternative to all the stuff that people complain about on main roster that there's not enough wrestling so on and so forth and then they give us this fantastic match Buddy Murphy was still very young very fresh in the division Mustafa Ali, who we already knew was fantastic, and they delivered the, the steel step spots, the Spanish fly off the barricade onto the announce table. And then they, they went on to have other great matches during the year, but this one was really something special and a defining moment for the brand as well, uh, in my opinion, of course. Jeff, your, your thoughts on that? I think it's hard to argue that. I mean, a- any... any match of the year in 205 Live is going to involve two of the Cedric Alexander... Mustafa Ali or Buddy Murphy triumvirate. Those three have been spectacular week to week to week. I, I'd also give some consideration to that Ali Hideo Itami uh, match that was on a few weeks ago too. But yeah, no, I this that was possibly my favorite match at 205 Live this year as well. Yeah, Mustafa Ali turned a lot of heads and Buddy Murphy had a breakthrough year in, in a lot of ways, physically, uh, in, in the ring, as far as a performer in WWE, he he had a, a breakthrough this year. Jeff, what award do you want to hand out? I'm going to hand out women's MVP on the main roster. Okay. Now, this has been a pretty good year for big match types, but the week-to-week builds have been kind of off and on. Ronda Rousey has been spectacular. Becky Lynch in the second half of the year has been great. Charlotte has been great in big matches, but week to week, from show to show, episode to episode, the glue person of this women's division is Mickey James, in my Ooh. opinion. She has shown veteran leadership working with all these new people that they bring up. Her character is always fantastic. Her promos are always on. She's always in the right spots. Even on that botch during, I believe it was Survivor Series where someone was forgetting to kick out, she was trying to tell them that the that Alexa would not be there to break up the pin, even though she didn't get there. I think Mickey James has had a sneaky great year, even if she hasn't been in any big matches this year. She is the type of woman that people like Dana Brooke need to improve the way that Dana Brooke has improved this year. That's someone who, under the radar, I think has been helped out a lot by having veterans like Mickey James to work with. Because now when I see Dana Brooke, I say, I want to see her in longer matches. She doesn't do anything that's just flat out objectively wrong. And I think it's because she gets to work with people like Mickey James, who really have helped her. Mickey Dre- Mickey Mickey was a great hire. And I think it has just gone on to, to prove that throughout this year. Uh, Warren, any thoughts on this one? Uh, and uh, you just have to think back to the. I, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but the very first eclipse that Ember Moon delivered on Maine 
was Mickey James who ate it and yeah, she sold so. it like a queen. She made Ember Moon on that moment. She made the eclipse what it is. So yes, absolutely. Uh, she holds she holds it all together. Well, she is also a two-time award winner because I am giving her the award for best gear update. <laughs> Although it is intermittent, and, and let, let's just talk about this, guys. This is an upset because Baron Corbin shaved his head and it became the night that wrestling was revived one <laughs> on the Fightful podcast when Baron Corbin shaved his head. That qualifies as a gear update. And I, I've got to give out one that, that goes the other way. Worst gear update of the year. Whatever Okada was wearing at the beginning of this year, I don't know what the hell that was. <laughs> he looks like he found whatever Mickey James left in her closet and said, not this week. <laughs> Mickey James, congratulations. Best gear update of the year. Okada, worst gear update of the year. I'd even go as far as to say that Mickey James is one of the best dressed members of the women's division as well. I love, I you know what? When it's not wrestling gear, when she's in that newly divorced mom on the prowl look, I think she's fantastic on all. Lots of denim, lots of denim with that woman. She loves her denim, and there's nothing wrong with that. Hell no, Warren. What do you, (laughs) Warren? What do you got? Uh, to follow up on uh, my Buddy Murphy award, I'm going to stick around 205 Live. I am going to give the Ooh award <laughs> Percy Watson. Oh, yeah. For delivering, and I counted 51 Oohs during the uh, during the Mustafa Ali Buddy Murphy match that I awarded to early that I awarded earlier. 51. 51 I, of those things. It equivalated to 2.13 ooze per minute during that match. Is equivalated a word? It should be. <laughs> it's it Canadian. should be. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's my Canadian privilege here. We are, we've been conquered. So there you go. <laughs> We're, yeah, uh, so- the, the ooze stuff has got to go. Man, I hope that that's something that Fox takes a look at and says, you know, we, we kind of don't want that. We want the more sports oriented show, we want things called a little bit differently. I don't see Daniel Cormier stepping in and calling moves as ooh. So. But but the thing is, the problem is, I, I hope as well, but I don't know if you guys have noticed, but Renee Young is getting the tick too. She's ooh. Oh, yeah. She's doing quite a bit. So I don't know if that's going away because it, it, it's the Michael it's the Michael Cole school of, uh, well, uh, what's, of announcing, what, right? What's worse, the oozer or, or, or when he starts to get, that's how you do it, you know, that kind of stuff, yeah. which brings nothing. Oh, man, I, I wouldn't see. The thing is, WWE can make a third commentator out of thin air because mm-hmm. they, they, they contribute nothing. That's why when people say to me, man, Renee Young's terrible in commentary. And I'm like, outside of the ooh, I don't see anything offensive. And that's really all you can ask for out of a third commentator when the last two have been Jonathan Coachman and JBL, who are incredibly offensive at all times based on on what they announce. Jeff. What award do you have to, to hand out? Well, I, I've been thinking here, brainstorming, because, of course, no prep. Uh, worst mm-hmm. attempt at self-promotion by a wrestler. I am going to go with Enzo Amore's horrible, <laughs> horribly timed interruption at Survivor Series, which I was there live for. Um, 
absolutely too early, uh, did not get himself over and quickly got tackled by security. Everybody knew he was there by the time he did it because they had seen him on television on the hard cameras hiding behind somebody. Just an absolute abortion of an attempt to get himself over. Where were you in relation to him, Jeff? I was uh, I was two two levels up. Uh, so you you had like a bird's eye view kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Could have hit him with a quarter. You're telling me. <laughs> if I had a strong enough arm, I could have. Yes. Oh, hey, did you play any baseball when you were younger? I did. I think you could have done it. I might have been able to do it. I think you could have done it. Warren, what was your reaction to to seeing that embarrassing situation unfold? Which I. I had a WWE wrestler, I don't know if it was you all that I told off the air, or, but a WWE wrestler contacted me, whom I had never spoken to before, and said that everybody was loving all the Lisa tweets that night about <laughs> Lisa, the security guard, who tackled and threw Enzo out. She got a standing ovation backstage. We should before. give her an award. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm, um, I'm, I'm all for that. I don't need to give Enzo any more awards. He, did, he, did, he, he blew his wad way too early. Should have done it before the cruiserweight match. I had predicted that uh, that when Enzo was fired, that he was going to release an album before ever thinking about coming back to wrestling, and he did, uh, or at least a single. I don't know. It's not as if I follow his career, um, but uh, it, it just it just smacks <laughs> it just smacks of desperation, you know, to, to to do this, to come back to you know, to say, oh, I'm done with wrestling, you know, I hate all you people, and all of a sudden, oh, he pops back in the audience and he tries to get that sheen back, and apparently he cut. He cut the the uh, his tirade, his his promo, his uh, how you doing stuff. That uh, it's it's just sad. It's incredibly sad. And I heard. It, correct me if I'm wrong. He booked a show uh, at Royal Rumble weekend or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thirty people showed up to his one in L.A. More people would tune in to a live stream of me talking about the concert as it went on. Then actually showed up at his concert. Yeah, no, he had he had an album release party on Survivor Series weekend. Yeah, as Wild Boy eighty seven mentioned, he was outside of MSG tonight too. (laughs) Oh my god! It's like it's like those guys at Times Square, you know, who run around trying to get you to buy their album, right? Yeah, It's, it's the same. It's the same thing now. My award goes to most polarizing commentary team, and it goes to Ring of Honor for Ian Riccoboni and Colt Cabana because, man, there are sometimes I love these guys, especially Colt Cabana, when he'll call out somebody in the ring for doing something wrong. And then there are so many times when I feel like the show and the match is compromised because they want to get some 1990s phrase over. And I'm like, why, why do we need that? Or sometimes... They call their matches like this to get over the importance of the situation. And I'm like, whoa, I know you're at Sam's town and nobody's making any noise, but come on, it's pro wrestling. Let's hear about it. Jeff, what do you think? And if not, who's your most polarizing commentary team? Because as much as I love them, man, those are some bugaboos. I will I will fight you on this. The most polarizing Ooh. commentary team is Jim Ross and Josh Barnett. Yeah, Jim Ross is terrible. He doesn't know the wrestlers. He doesn't know the angles. And and Josh Barnett, especially after the Jay White thing, I mean, <laughs> he, he he seemed to phone it in half the time. I like yeah. Josh Barnett. I had high hopes for that team. But, man, they they should have just stuck with Kevin Kelly and Cyrus the whole, or 
the entire or time. Kevin Kelly and Josh Barnett would have been better. Ke- Kevin Kelly he- and anybody would have been better. Kevin Kelly is my announcer of the year, by the way. But Josh Barnett was so good with Mauro Ranallo, I thought. He complimented the style. It worked. Josh knew what he was talking about. I liked the Josh Barnett, Jay White thing. I thought it was great. It bought them some time when they needed woke up. You know what it did? It woke up Jim Ross. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, when I say polarizing, I should specify, I mean that I like them, but man, there are some things there. The 90s references and the the golf tournament commentary drives me nuts. Warren, what do you got? You listen to a lot of different commentary teams on a weekly basis. Uh, Lanny Poffo, man, this year. Oh. He made my he made my eyes bleed because there was no more because my my ear drums were plugged with blood already so it had to gush out of somewhere. It, it wasn't good. It what just, was that on? It, what's that? What was he on? What, what uh, he was on? He did New Japan. Yeah, he did. Oh, he had him on. Yeah, he did, didn't he? He, he did the tryout. Yeah, exactly. Oh, he, he had him on a couple of shows, and he was uh, hard. I am their genius, Larnie Poffo, and it is a pleasure for me to be here. And honestly, Jeff, if you're talking about Jim Ross not knowing who the wrestlers are, here's a yeah. guy who has no clue what's going on. And not yeah. only that, all his references were about things that happened in the 80s. Oh, when I wrestled uh, Ric Flair back in 82. You know, it's like, oh, my God. It was it was really I, now, I ready to give him a good chance, but I mean it was quite unbearable. You are not going to do that impersonation without talking about the one <laughs> thing that people want to hear about when they no. reference Lanny Poffo. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, <clears throat> why didn't he get the job at New Japan? Was it maybe because of not his broadcast abilities? But some of his other abilities? Maybe. <laughs> oh, you got no sell it. That's great. <laughs> oh. Come on. Are we segueing? Is that what I understand? <laughs> Is that what we're doing here? We're coming on a lot of things, that Lanny Poffo. <laughs> well, it doesn't take a genius to <laughs> understand that sometimes you need a little help. Unfortunately, <laughs> if you do, our friends at Brute, you can help. <laughs> I don't know how long. You've been doing yoga for a long time. you just naturally gifted. Our buddies at Blue Chew will get you there, though. That's BlueChew.com. Use that code FIGHTFUL. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. You know, Viagra, Cialis, those things. Blue Chew has the active ingredients, but they're better. They're faster. They're cheaper. You don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy. They're prescribed online. They ship straight to your door in a discreet package. It's pretty awesome. I guarantee, personally, this isn't Blue Chew the company. I, I can't make that guarantee. I was, I was about to make a guarantee. I can't make it. Legally, I think I can't make it. So I'm not going to make it. Jimmy's Either about way. to text you. you yeah, yeah. I was, I was about to, but I didn't. Use that code FIGHTFUL. Get your first shipment free. Pay $5 shipping. You know what? $10 less than New Japan World. But speaking of New Japan World, Warren, you and I have a Wrestle Kingdom 13 podcast. 5 p.m. January 4th. We're giving people time to rest and ourselves. And ourselves, let's be honest. Yep. We're going to be here for a live post show. Uh, Jeff, as you know, people love my Japan takes. Oh, yeah. 
They uh they they uh they want to know why you think women would be better off in New Japan. Oh, I never said that. <clears throat> I said, and I quote, <laughs> I think they should be there. Didn't say when, didn't say how. I just think it'd be cool to see it sometime. Not better off. There's a lot of people saying a lot of things that I didn't say. Better off. Oh, you want to kill, kill all the promotions. Hey, whoa, slow it down there, chief. So for that reason, I give myself the Joshi Analyst of the Year Award 2018. <laughs> I just want to thank everybody for this. I mean, I will get an award made up. It'll go there next to the IFG Championship, next to the FVWA Tag Championship, next to my third place medal from a regional submission wrestling tournament right there. It'll go next to my Fightful Fantasy Football League I, I don't know what kind of trophy I'm going to have made for myself there. But, Jeff, will you will you do a foreword of types for me? Will sure. You, I, I, you know what? I will go into your in-depth analysis of Nicole Savoy's run in stardom. Um, all, yes. the, all the things about the five-star tournament over there. Yeah, no, I, I'll, do, I'll do your foreword for you. You know, Diana, I did have her write about stardom for us once, so I am an expert. I am an expert. I just wanted to clear that up. That was a joke, guys. Not that not that we had Deanna right about stardom. We did do that. And I did win Joshi Analyst of the Year. That is a real thing. The rest of it in jest. Who's next? I gave my award. Is it Jeff? I'll go for one. Yeah. The most disappointing program that you had high hopes for. Ooh. For me... We went through four pay-per-views of AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. And we didn't get nearly the great match all of us thought we would. To the point where I'm almost ready to say that that whole Royal Rumble card, both Rumbles, meant absolutely nothing to this company in 2018. But for me, that program under-delivered like no other in terms of expectations I had for it. I have to agree completely. And if not that, I don't want to say Samoa Joe because I think those delivered to a little bit. But I think that after the underwhelming nature of the AJ Nakamura thing, I went into that thinking, man, they're going to have a bunch of matches, which happened. They had about, it seemed like they had 20 matches, Joe and AJ. It seemed like the AJ was in two programs like all year long because he kind of was. He was in two programs throughout what seemed like his full year. But I, I think you're spot on with the Nakamura thing because that's a match that I've waited for ever since it first happened at Wrestle Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Warren, what do you got? Uh, I, for me, yeah, I, I completely agree. But uh, I think it's hard to to beat. But you know, just to open up discussion, uh, and because I I also feel it very sincerely, Daniel Bryan and Miz never lived up to okay. potential as well. Uh, I honestly, I believed that we had a circumstance here on main roster that could equate to Gargano Ciampa on NXT because of the history. If they were, if they had decided to play it up properly and create the foundation was there, right? Mm -hmm. Miz and Daniel Bryan disliked each other. They had all the past, all the, uh, the, the snide remarks, the talking smack and so on and so forth. The, the glares, um, so when they arrived, all they had to do really was pull the trigger and let this be the blood feud that we wanted and create 
new memories on top of the old ones, but they were always bringing it to the to the past. Oh, in the past, we hated each other. We didn't like each other. But what about now? What in the future? Show, don't tell. You've done improv, Jeff, right? So have I. Hard to believe, but I have. You know, it's a show, don't, <laughs> it's a show, don't tell situation. Instead yeah. of talking about your story, make it happen, right? They had everything they wanted in just doing talking smack like promos for four weeks. And this could have been a headliner of one of your big four or five pay-per-views, depending on what you think. You know, if you think Money in the Bank is now a de facto fifth big pay-per-view. I mean, you could have held on. You could have just kept cutting these programs. Talking smack showed you guys the way to do this. This was a money feud. This mm-hmm. wasn't just a blood feud. This was a money feud that could have sold out an arena headlining it. And they absolutely dropped the ball on it. I'm 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 tempted to walk back my award, but I, I, I still think I mean look, I, I think there are two different kinds of disappointment. I think that's that's a hot angle type of disappointment and, and mine was more of the nerdy work, work rate type. Yeah. Warren, what award do you have? <clears throat> I would like to give an award for the most unbelievable angle. There's been a few, but I would like to... This is a Bluetooth segue? Hey. <laughs> hey oh. But no, uh, I would like to give the award to the, of the most unbelievable angle to Roman Reigns as an underdog. <laughs> yes. Who the hell believes that? Who in their right mind thought that they could make Roman Reigns into the plucky guy, the the, the hard worker blue collar dude crawling his way from from underneath to come back on top and defeat the evil Brock Lesnar? Come on. I was. That's my argument right there. I was tooting this horn forever. I'm thinking if a handsome Big 6'3", 260-pound, former almost NFL player whose family is in wrestling is the underdog. What the hell is everybody else? <laughs> what is what is Heath Slater? Lunch pail, punching in the clock, blue-collar company man Roman Reigns yeah. can eat my ass. it's everything you did want this champion to be and it combines with just the fact that they tried to turn fans on a guy like brock lesnar who is a big deal and it absolutely backfired on (laughs) i have to give this award out because technically this is over the last 365 days right Mm -hmm. so I'll, i'll dip into December 29th, 2017, for best Sid match of the year. And I give that to EC3 for his AIW appearance at AIW (laughs) Rulers of the World. Why, you ask? Why? Well, because Sid told AIW that Donald Trump's travel ban prevented him from traveling to Cleveland, Ohio, from within the States. Now, here's a little... Fun fact, Ski, I was originally set to interview EC3 as Sid in the weeks after that, but yeah, some things happened. <laughs> some things happened, and he ended up going some places. Had to put that on the back burner. Uh, was that your favorite Sid match of the year, Warren? Warren? 
Warren froze. He How about froze. you, Jeff? Oh God. Uh, yeah, that uh, <laughs> that's possibly my best excuse. Um, I, I, I was trying to think of some others because there were a few other flaky ones where you're just yeah. like, yeah, I'm gonna make the show, but I can't think of anything better than that per se. Um, so I guess Warren will be rejoining us soon sometime. <laughs> also, I, I can't remember who tweeted this, but one of my favorite storylines of the year, I, I feel like it may have been Trevor, may have been, but okay. MLW as the low-key and Teddy Hart whisperer? Yeah. <laughs> that's a fantastic story story to follow. How MLW, of all places, has been able to get these two guys to become reliable. It's amazing. And now we have double Warren vision. Look at that. That's, Warren. It's the view of the future. Yeah, I'm back. Sorry about that. Well, we were just talking about Teddy Hart and Low Key being set straight by MLW and Sid, his best performance actually being by EC3. Did you have any other favorite Sid matches this year, considering I don't think he wrestled any? Uh, gosh, golly gee. I don't think. <laughs> Um, none come to mind and it's an, it's pretty, it's a pretty fascinating, fascinating story, but I mean, yeah, Sid is probably one of the greatest BSers in all of the, the history of wrestling as well. You know, he's yeah. not, he's on top there. You know. It's, it's December. He couldn't say softball, could he? He couldn't <laughs> do it. Good point. No, he couldn't. Or, you know, arena softball. Does that exist? Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> Warren, did, did I go to you? We'll just go to you. Go okay. to him. Um, let's get, uh, we're, we're at the halfway mark. Let's get into maybe sure. something, uh, that will open up some discussion. I'd like to talk about the most valuable player MVP of new Japan this year. Okay. How about that? Tomohiro Ishii, in my opinion. That's oh, a good one. I don't, that guy has not had a bad, a single bad match this year. He had, he had the coming out party at the G1 this year. I don't care who. L J White J White Juice Robinson blah blah blah. Tomohiro Ishii was fantastic. He got a five star match out of Hiroki Goto. That in itself is magnificent. He's had nothing but great matches. He had a, a killer match with Omega at the G One. He had a not a, a one as good later on, but still a fantastic match. Again, great. Uh, great matches with uh, with Suzuki. He has been the most consistent player in New Japan the entire year. Uh, and uh, I cannot wait to see what kind of clinic they put uh, he puts on with uh, Zack Sabre Jr. next week. That'll be spectacular stuff. I think I'm going to go with Jay White just because maybe he surprised me. I didn't know if it was going to work the way that New Japan expected it to work. And some of the early performances maybe weren't all there for me. And then he put it all together. Also, cheap plug, making a finisher, Blade Runner, and Sharp Sensations next week ahead of New Japan Wrestle Kingdom. But but you're right, though. Like, like he had a really good uh, – the G1 did propulse him. Like, like his U.S. title run is forgettable. Nothing yeah. happened there. That was very flat. But, you know, as the chaos stuff started to build, his, his feud with Akata is a beautiful, slow simmer. Uh, I'm looking forward to the match. He had a – he you can't – it, it, he's up there as well. He also worked a shooter into a shoot, which was fantastic. 
the Josh Barnett thing we mentioned. Jeff, mm-hmm. who you got? I'd go with Ishii as well. Um, not only because he is – I think Naito's had kind of a down year. I think – I think for as great of the big matches as he had, as he's had, I find Kenny Omega's run as champion a little overvalued. I won't say overrated, but I will say overvalued because it's been mixed up with all this bullet club elite stuff, politics, et cetera, et cetera. Plus Tomohiro Ishii's tag team partner is the greatest man to ever live. Toru Yano, um, (laughs) who, Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details who is the most consistent performer on the New Japan roster in his consistency. Uh, But no, Ishii is always compelling. He's always a badass. He's always tough. Um, And even the Rev Pro show I went to, Mania Weekend, where he won the title there, was just a cathartic release of of a reward that we think he should be getting in in New Japan as well. So I, I love Tomohiro Ishii. One of my favorite visuals in wrestling history, and I don't know if a lot of people will even remember this, but when he faced Moose in Ring of Honor, because mm. sometimes you don't realize how diminutive Tomo- Tomohiro Ishii is and how big Moose is and those two next to each other. But in the ring, if this makes any sense, they're the same size in the ring. They wrestle the same size, and it it, it just it was such a, a fascinating comparison in, in that way. Jeff, what award you got? Um, I have a jury is still out as to whether this is the best thing or worst thing to happen to American wrestling this year, and that will go to All In. I think it was overall a net positive for the business that these guys could get a indie show up, sold out in a major arena, major pay-per-view, nice little deal with WGN America for their pre-show. I just don't know how they follow it up. I don't know if All Elite Wrestling is going to be a thing or if it can be a thing, but it's definitely helped WWE turn their attention towards signing more talent. So I don't know if this was a positive or a net negative for the business here in America. I want to see if you guys agree with me on this sentiment because it's something that I noticed in the weeks afterwards. I felt not just some all-in, but some wrestling fatigue after that weekend. Just business-wide, I just felt this great sense of fatigue because there was this insane run from Royal Rumble all the way up to All In. You had Rumble, you had Mania Weekend, all that Mania stuff. You had Greatest Royal Rumble. Then maybe six weeks after that, you were doing Money in the Bank and another NXT weekend. Then you went right into SummerSlam and another NXT weekend. Then you went into All In, and that was a big one too. And I really did feel this sense of fatigue with those guys and the business as a whole after that, at least as far as engagement went until later November and into this month, I've seen it coming back a little bit. There's a little more optimism. It's Wrestle Kingdom season, it's Royal Rumble season. So we're bound to see that also contract season brings a sense of optimism as well. Jeff, I am completely with you on that. Uh, on the, the jury is still out. Warren, what do you think about all the stuff that me and Jeff said? You better be right. 
<laughs> uh, I think one of the things that 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 didn't uh, that did co- that um, that added on the the these layers of fatigue uh, is. The, the the fact that a lot of the audience that was interested and was hype about all in were all well very active on the internet, and since we're all active on the internet, well we listen to a lot of podcasts. We all follow the same big accounts, and man, there was so much promo not just for all in but for Starcast as well. The whole, you know the entire thing that went around it, and it really just became very very overbearing. Uh, no matter you know all the major outlets. Uh, you know, you just turn around and there'd be someone plugging Starcast, Starcast on Fight, or uh, and the All In events as well. I agree. I mean, um, I'm I'm super positive. I like to keep a positive outlook on things. I think you know more wrestling is good for everyone. Uh, you know, and I'm for competition. I think it's good, but it'll be interesting to see how they capitalize on on this. See what happens next. As far as all elite wrestling goes, or whatever, whatever it ends up being called, I think Sean was right exactly in terms of the fatigue thing because you had not not just the Rumble stuff to Mania, but within that summer block there, you had the G One straight to SummerSlam, straight to All In, then Bola for the same kind of fans who would go to All In, and then Strong Style evolved in L.A. It just became like every other week. There was a major event that would have required travel or an investment of money or time. And people just wanted a break to let it all sit in. The thing about wrestling in the modern days, to me at least, and I, this might just be age, but there's so much great wrestling, but none of it feels like it resonates all that much. It feels like you have a great match here, and then in another month you have a great match here, and then by the time you get to like, December, you're trying to remember the great match at Wrestle Kingdom in January because the builds aren't that great, even though the matches are. But I also think there's just so much really high level stuff that all seems to become kind of a blur. Mm -hmm. I I would agree with that because, I mean, a great match now doesn't stand out to me nearly as much as a great match would have five, six years ago even. I mean, I, I definitely agree with that. And that's that's a shame, but also you get so much wrestling that there's no. I mean, is there there there's something for everyone? Almost. I mean, this year I think left a lot to be desired from a creative standpoint from a yes. lot of people mm-hmm. from New Japan booking to Ring of Honor booking to WWE booking to some of the weird shit you see in Impact. But uh, an award I'd like to give out is the Stop Sleeping on This Pay Per View Award to Survivor Series because every year. I expect this show to suck and be full of inconsequential matches. And this year, it had some good matches that I really like. Lesnar and Daniel Bryan, that was a dream match. Rousey and Flair was awesome. Loved the Survivor Series uh, elimination match. Buddy Murphy and Mustafa Ali was really good. There was just a lot of really good stuff on this show. And that seems to creep up on me a lot because... Especially if they start adding stakes to Survivor Series matches, I think that's a good one. Jeff, do you got one? Uh, no, pass. Let me think for a bit. That's that's kind of putting on the spot, so I understand that. Yeah. Warren. Uh, pass. Let me think about that. A bit. Oh, you sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you got to think of your award. Okay. okay, well, I have an award. 
um, I'd, I'd give an award for the uh, missing title of the year. And I even have nominations, I think. Missing title of the year. Nominees. The Cruiserweight Tag Team Titles. The Women's Division Tag Team Titles. <laughs> Some would argue the Universal. <laughs> but I will give the WWE Missing Title Award to the greatest Royal Rumble belt. <laughs> the green belt that Braun held aloft atop his mighty brow when he defeated umpteen other WWE superstars in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. And we have never seen it since. Do you Did think Braun... Braun has it or do you think it's in a WWE vault somewhere? I was about to ask that and I hope, I hope Braun has it. I really do. I hope he has it, you know, up uh, up ne- on his mantle next to, uh, next to uh, you know. Uh, the- I have it next to a stuffed fish in my cabin in North Carolina. <laughs> it's next to this giant pike that I got with these hands. Now, you know he's got a big mouth Billy Bass up there. <laughs> you know, he's- to the river. <laughs> Toss me in the water. <laughs> That's what's going down. Jeff, next award. <clears throat> the the award for the most disappointing aborted push. Okay. For me, I will uh there 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 are a few here that it was kind of stop and start. But the guy that I'm still waiting to see if he has something or not is one Mojo Raleigh. Mm. I thought they were doing something kind of interesting with him for a few weeks when they were repackaging him here. And then all of a sudden, he's now no longer on TV and nowhere to be found. And you're just like, I thought it was right after the superstar shakeup. They realized they had this guy in the roster. They had him come out. They, he won a few squash matches. And then he lost one match, and you never saw him again. And you're just like, wow. There are other candidates for this. The Apollo Crews two-week push that he had there. The Revival seems to be getting a little steam, only to have the rug pulled out from under him again. You get these occasionally where, where they decide to 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 give a nice mid-carder a win to see what they have, and then they just get bored with him for a while. But for me, my pick this year, since you never saw Zack Ryder this year, I don't think, is Mojo Raleigh. Outside of outside of uh, uh, action figures, no, we haven't seen much of of <laughs> yeah. of, of, of Zach. Um, I'm and I, I, I completely agree. And in that little mix, but we'll see what happens in 2019. But I would add Tony Nice to this, okay. Especially in the neck in the last couple of months since he's been paired up with Buddy Murphy, I think Nice is chomping at the bit to do something. He has had tremendous matches. He beat Cedric Alexander. He's had uh, a, a fantastic, he had that great, great match with uh, uh, Johnny Gargano on an NXT taping. Um, he's on the cusp of something. They're giving him a bit of a push, but now he's he's lost a couple of matches again. So I'm holding hope. I'm a, I'm a nice believer at this point, you know, from going from being Tony Abs in the Zoe train to this now, like being Murphy's, you know, being one of the two guys that you have to go through in the division. We'll wait what ha- to see what happens in 2019. And hopefully he doesn't fall into the Mojo Raleigh stay hype award. <laughs> it, it, well, it's interesting because Nice was a little bit more interesting when he was involved doing the premier athlete brand when he had, I think SoCal Val was managing him and he also had Athena as his bodyguard. It was kind of an interesting, you know, free agent type story they did with MVP 
a while back in the WWE yeah. kind of thing. They were doing something good with him, and Gabe would know how to how to plug that kind of thing. Right now, Nice being Nice is is the perpetual number two guy's flunky, be it Drew Gulak or Enzo or now Murphy. You want to see what he has on his own, but I'm the type of person who thinks he needs a mouthpiece along with him to play off of. But oh, uh, I agree. And if and if know. you're gonna if you're gonna be number two, you might as well be number two to Buddy Murphy than Enzo mm-hmm. Amore, right? Yeah. As far as curious drop pushes go, I gotta go with Connor of the Ascension. I don't know why that was started. I don't know why that was started, but I got a good idea why it was ended, and that's because the bell rang. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But also, Andrade Cianolmas, a guy who I was told personally impressed Vince McMahon and had to get one of those opportunities to impress Vince McMahon, to impress Vince McMahon, did it, and then I guess they're just like, well, goddammit, pal, he'll still be here next year. Maybe. Wow, that no, that's a good one too. But um, that's one of those things where you just—I mean, especially after after this week, where uh, where Mustafa Ali beats him. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's it's like one of those things where it's like now you're thinking Mustafa Ali could be one of those guys because you almost had to belt the kid <laughs> if you're going to yeah. push him this hard over a guy like Cien Almas and getting a visual pinfall over Daniel Bryan. You better do something with him other than, wow, he made a great effort in his one-on-one match. Now let's see what he can do when we cool him down. I have another upset for the next award. Okay. The D-butt of the year. D-butt. <laughs> Most people are going to expect it to be Matt Riddle. Mm. But nobody is going to be D-butted more than when Vince McMahon loses his ass on the XFL. He has D-butted himself once again and worked himself into a shoot, Vince McMahon announces the XFL is coming back. Jeff, can you believe it? Not only that, he's putting it in major cities as opposed to somewhere where that would be happy to have XFL teams. My favorite thing was days before this official announcement, Stephanie McMahon did an interview where she said, my dad says it's okay to make mistakes, but never make the same one twice. Oh boy! Oh, good lord! I mean, if if you look at Ebersol's uh, AAFL or whatever, they're doing something smart. I mean, they only have teams in two cities, and that's Phoenix and, and Atlanta have NFL teams. The rest are in college hotbeds or major metropolitan areas that don't have professional football. So if there's going to be a number two league that succeeds, it's going to be that. But now you're going to have three. And maybe four with the stupid Ricky Williams, Terrell Owens league that that's that they're looking at doing where players will have ownership and you can smoke weed and all these other things. <laughs> I, I, I just, you know what? It, it, it's hard to get a, a, it's like, it's, it's odd that they don't see that much like smaller companies trying to be WWE fail in trying to be WWE smaller football leagues trying to be the NFL are going to fail at being the NFL. Do you think they're keeping Mojo Raleigh around because he knows Gronk and that somehow they'll be able to use that in the XFL or something? Oh, I think they're going to sign Gronk. Really? Yeah. You think they're going to, you mean to the XFL? No, I think to the WWE. I think he's he's in the performance center the day after he retires. Oh, for sure. Yeah. There's a way bigger chance that he's going to be in the WWE than in the XFL. When you say, no, I I think he might be a commentator in the XFL. 
That could happen. That could definitely happen. Man. Warren, what do you got? Worst feud of the year. Ooh. And I'm going straight in Bobby Lashley and Sami Zayn. That was. Mm, Yeah. Awful. There was nothing, nothing that worked. And, of course, we all think about the sisters because that was egregious. Uh, The the night the wrestling died three or four, I believe. uh, we we have to, we really have to keep a tally on that yeah um and, but but let's not forget the obstacle course mm, and throughout yeah. this whole feud i was wondering i was saying to myself why is bobby Lashley putting up with this bobby i set up this obstacle course for you you have to run through it why didn't Lash, Lashley just like come out and say nope no i i'm not doing it i'm you set all this shit up for nothing and uh go to hell and just walks right back. That would have been some baby face heat right there. But he just, he played along like a sap the entire way. And it exposed Lashley's limitations as far as his in-ring charisma goes. Oh, and let's not forget the the headband thing. The BobbyLashley.com yeah. fan club with the uh, $20 headbands. That was, I didn't even understand. I, I thought it was real. But then it's it, it no it's not it's fu- I didn't understand anything in the feud and the payoff was terrible and then Sammy went off to get surgery it was so stupid. Oh, there are so many you could put here. This <laughs> is such a hard thing because the one that sticks out to me really badly is Bailey and Sasha, the never-ending feud that then turned out to be a tag team in the end. Shane McMahon versus anybody is a, is a pretty bad feud. I am, but as much as I want to say Bailey Sasha is the worst feud of the year, I will, uh, I will give it to a very early in 2018 feud that people may kind of forgotten since uh, one of the participants is no longer involved in wrestling day to day. And that is Jason Jordan as Kurt Angle's son. Oh uh, yeah. It was such a terrible, and it's such a heartbreak for Jason Jordan not to be able to come back if, if he doesn't come back but man for him to be remembered as that as his last thing that was such a dreadful albatross of an angle to have on raw week after week after week that looked to have no real payoff because kurt angle wasn't gonna really wrestle full time and having viewed him now in his couple of comebacks that could have been a terrible terrible match for wrestlemania yeah. but then again I slightly disagree with you, Jeff, because I felt that he was growing into something really interesting when uh, when he started uh, teaming with with Seth and he started punch. You felt like he was the kid that was punching above his weight, you know, that right. was finally becoming all oh, the entitled little guy, you know, who's uh, he's he's son of the he's the son of friggin' Kurt Angle, uh, current GM, Olympic star, WWE star. You kind of felt that you know the entitlement was starting to settle in, and he was like, "Hey, look, you know, we can be pals. I'm, I'm, the, I'm Kurt Angle's son, kind of thing." I thought they were going in an interesting direction. Then he got injured. There were a lot of people who were getting worked that didn't realize they were getting worked by that that angle and by that gimmick. Really? I think. Oh yeah. Like I mean, that was that was crafted that way. That's that's one of those situations I look at where people will say Vince never listens to fans, and I'm like, no, that was they were slowly and beautifully crafting that almost exactly the way that you you were saying. Hmm. 
I, I think so. I, I think you guys are putting a lot more faith in it than I did. I, I, <laughs> subtle subtlety and, and carefully crafted angles are not this company's forte. Hey, batting one out of 10 doesn't get you on the all-star team. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, as far as worst feud of the year, I'm going Allie and Sue Young on Impact. Okay, that's, that's a good one too. Let me Controversial. I did an interview with Jimmy Jacobs, and man, I could talk to that guy for two or three hours about creative. He is really fun to talk to about that, and he practically admitted to it and said that he's proud of coming up with that. And I'm like, oh, I thought I it was an interesting. It. it was an interesting idea. It might have been poorly executed. I'm I'm a fan of Sue Young's gimmick. I, I don't know if uh, <laughs> I don't know if he was going, the one for that. Oh. I don't know if go. I don't know if going full lucha underground was was the choice for that in terms of actually having dead people and stuff. I thought Carlos Toro put it a, a good way. It was lucha underground light, and lucha underground is already lucha underground light mm-hmm. compared to season one. I, I wasn't big on that, and I think maybe one of the reasons I didn't like it so much is they also integrated Kiara Hogan into it, which I I think she's ready to help carry that division with. Jordan Grace and Taya and Tessa Blanchard. I think that if if you're Impact, you should probably build around what you have in the women's division right now as your main event because I don't know how many people are going to say, damn it, you know what I need? A Johnny Impact main event run because I ain't never seen that before and I need it. I, I I would build around these people that may attract some people and say, wow, I've never seen them before. I've never seen them do this before. And uh, that one was not for me. It's it's hard to do that better than Matt Hardy and Jeremy Borash did that. Mm. Who's next? You, Jeff? Well, yeah. We're getting uh, close to the end of our time here. What was your match of the year? Mine? Yeah. Oh, I'd have to go back and look. It might have been... Well... Okada Omega was one of them, and then Charlotte and Becky, last woman standing, was right up there too. Mm. I, I really liked Charlotte versus Becky. I really liked Undisputed Era versus uh, Mustache Mountain, the one yeah. that set up the title match. I really, I, I'm going to go, oddly enough, I, I really liked Naito and, and Jericho. Yep. I, I really liked that match a lot. I liked, uh, um, I liked Naito and, and Omega from mm-hmm. Wrestle Kingdom 12, which was fantastic. I thought Gargano Champa 2 was outstanding. I thought yep. Gargano Almas in January. That was a great was, match live. That really was. That was bananas is what that was. Uh, Omega uh, Jericho over-delivered. Omega to what Jericho I was good too. Yeah, I yep. thought that was such a, a great contrast to everything else that was on that show that you thought it – People wondered, how is Jericho going to do this? How is he going to keep up with Omega? And it was different than what I expected to see, and I love that match. It's not going to win any awards, but sneaky great. I loved that Briscoe SoCal Uncensored from the All In pre-show. Yeah, that was that amazing. Was one of my yeah. favorite tag matches of the year. I want to I want to shout out to Pete Dunn versus Jordan Devlin from the November twenty eighth edition of NXT UK. Jordan Devlin turned it up. I was not quite, I was not as familiar with his work as other people were, but he made me a, he turned me into a fan that evening. It was so good. A crescendo of Spanish flies is what I'm going to say. If you haven't seen this match, it was fantastic. You really should go out of your way to see it. 
Pete Dunn has during this year not only at one time carried the NXT brand, but is now pretty much the one of the few interesting things about the NXT UK brand. I I mean that guy undervalued as, as a as a major player in WWE, bell to bell. He's outstanding. He said in an interview recently that his objective is to make the to to build the brand. I don't see who else right now. Right now, there's no one else you can build it a, a, upon. Every match he's had on NXT UK, whether it's with uh, Zach Gibson or or uh, uh, friggin' Danny Birch, he, yeah. th- they've been barn burners. Every yeah. match he's had. Uh, I got to put Andrade Cien Almas and Johnny Gargano in Philadelphia up there. Yeah. I thought that was whoo, damn near a perfect match. Uh, Gargano and Ciampa. Last man standing was really fun. I like that too. Uh, I can give an award for, uh, uh, how do I put this? Most surprising pay-per-view impact anniversary. That show okay. was such a blast to watch. It started off with that really, really great X division uh, title or X division match. Then it went into Tessa Blanchard defeating Allie. And man, I thought that was, that was a great coming out party for Tessa Blanchard. Heard a lot of reasons why she maybe wasn't in WWE, you had a House of Hardcore match with Eddie Edwards and Tommy Dreamer, and I don't know why Tommy Dreamer has to be on everybody's TV, but this was fine. Uh, I also loved the 5150 Street Fight and Pentagon versus Sammy Callahan. This was a great year for Sammy Callahan. And then even the main event, Austin Aries and Moose. I think Moose should have won that match, especially knowing what we know now. But I thought that was just a, a blast to watch. And... I thought that that show bought impact a lot of goodwill that they really needed. Yeah. For me, I, I would pick my, my personal favorite show. Cause I, I actually went to this. And I love it. I was surprised at how well the Royal rumble was bell to bell in terms of from beginning to end, because I, that women's Royal rumble over delivered in so many mm-hmm. ways, having so many people who don't even normally wrestle for WWE. The men's Royal rumble was one of the better booked ones in years as well even though they did not capitalize on Nakamura winning it, in my opinion, to have the drama there of is Nakamura going to be able to beat Reigns and Cena, yeah. that, that thing was, was great. Um, One yeah, of the and, best and, in-ring rumbles I've ever seen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, Warren, what do you got there? Any, uh, any shows that surprised you? Well, uh, maybe on, you know, on the other side of the spectrum, uh, you know, you have the fast, uh, not fast lane, but backlash 2018, which started <laughs> off with Seth Rollins versus the Miz. You know, it's kind of like, Hey, uh, take me out to dinner. I'll give you a kiss when we get to the restaurant, but then I'll, I'll stiff you with the bill. Um, it starts <laughs> off, it started off so great for Seth Rollins and Miz was like, Oh, this is going to be good. And then it just went, that was a, such a disappointment. It was I couldn't couldn't believe it started off so strong and was just a crappy, crappy show. Warren, what award do you have to give out? Uh, what, what award do I have to give out? Uh, let me think about it. Uh, how about um, uh, how about a, 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 a botched, ready made feud of the year? Bailey and Sasha Banks. There you go. Next award. <laughs> I mean, that's that's unanimous. They, I feel bad, man. Like I'm, I'm in pretty good with Sasha Banks stand Twitter, which let me tell you is a good army to have on your side, especially <laughs> when you pissed off some of the people I have this week. Nice people, these Sasha Banks stands, and the joke, the running joke was, 
it's okay. They're building the SummerSlam. And yeah. Yeah, yes. that's still the joke, I think, because that match didn't happen at WrestleMania, and it should have. It didn't happen at SummerSlam, and it should have. It didn't happen at Evolution, and it should have. Oh, and no tag titles along the way until now. They wasted pretty much a year of these two amazing performers. They wasted a year of them. I agree. I, and I, I give an honorable mention to uh, uh, Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre, which was such a weird, weird execution to break them up. Because I remember when they premiered together, the first thing everyone on Twitter was raving about was like, oh, I cannot wait for them to break up. You know, it's like, ah, this is going to be so, so amazing because obviously it was going to happen. And it, they suck out all the heat from this possible confrontation by having uh, by having their match, by having Drew get his first pinfall, like on a nowhere raw kind of thing. Um the WWE has found has has a uh, revealed a capacity to uh, nullify these ready-made, built-in, uh, good-to-go feuds with just some really strange decision making. Jeff, anything before we wrap up that you want to add? Uh, the greatest retelling of history by the WWE was the story of the women's evolution. Yes. Uh, it, just to piggyback off of that, in, in which Sasha and Bailey were not really even a part of the building of that revolution, which, which kills me. It all circled around the Bellas and Stephanie and then Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax. And you're just like, okay. Great. You know what? I'm going to say, you know what, for a show that over-delivered as well, I think Evolution over-delivered yeah. quite a bit as well. I, I had forgotten about how well that I, – I liked that show afterwards. But, yeah, I'm going with everybody else here. I think that Bailey – Bailey's been wasted for the last two and a half years. Yeah. Almost. And you're just like, okay. And, you know, Sasha's eventually going to say, you know what? I'm tired of this. I'd like to be re-pushed again. So, I mean, I'm oh, – she, She's been saying that for a <laughs> while, I understand. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, so, you, you you can you you can tell sometimes in the ring when you, you can tell when Sasha's not motivated. You can yeah, tell the, the boo boo faces out there yeah. occasionally. I think that's been uh, repaired a little bit since Monday. So that's good. Jeff, tell the people where they can get a hold of you, where they can hear you, where they can read your hot takes. Uh, you can follow my banal Twitter over at Crap Game Thirteen. You can follow the other show I do at Shake Them Ropes with Chris Novembrino. Occasionally I'm on here, although I will not be on. Well, actually, I'll be on here next week, come to think of it. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's where you can find me, uh, at Shake Them Ropes, at Crap Game 13. Mr. Warren Hayes, you cover NXT, NXT UK, 205 Live for us. You're on shows here and there. Let the people know you do some live streams on your own as well. Exactly, over at YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. I do my own little Raw Smackdown recap stuff over there. And you can follow me on Twitter or on Instagram at Mr. Warren Hayes. The most direct way to support Fightful is, uh, first off, reporting all of the vicious cyberbullying done against me on Twitter and Facebook. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've been told she takes your hot uh, yeah, yeah, I heard there were memes made about me on Facebook today. So uh, report all those, but uh, subscribe to Fightful Select. We have a ton of podcasts. I've launched a new one called the Fightful Report Podcast, where I give you exclusive news. I give you the rundown on the weekly ahead of time before it's out. I update you on injuries 
contract news, behind the scenes, fightful information. I think I'm going to start making my, if it were a work, if it were a shoot predictions on that show. It is our anchoring podcast. We have Warren with a couple shows. Myself and Warren do retro reviews every month. We're starting to do uh, some alternate commentaries and putting the video up there because WWE doesn't take them down. They just keep the profits. So I figure, what the hell? Uh, also, Impact has given me uh, the green light to use some of their footage. So that's pretty awesome. We have that. We have the Weekender podcast with Steven Jensen. Check that one out. Lots of cool stuff at Fightful Select. But hey, if you don't want to spend the money, just leave a thumbs up. Leave a comment. Subscribe. We have that MMA and Boxing channel I'm trying really hard to grow. If you all don't mind, scoot on over and subscribe to that. But we are going to do more of these. This was a great time. This went by very, very fast. Thank you guys for joining me. Until next time. Thanks for having us. We're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.